episode 35 of the Weirdest New Black Show. 35 fucking episodes. Wow. I didn't think I'll get this far, but I did. And I'm here with an awesome guest. Here's the thing with this guest here. I actually interviewed him, I want to say, four years ago. We were in Rittenhouse Square. And as much as I enjoyed it, I got pissed because I interrupted by some dude trying to sell oils so, and yeah. shit. Yeah, midway. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm working here. Well, this is that work right here. I'm like, man, if you please don't remove your ass from around here, I'm doing this interview, man. But this brother here, I have an immense amount of respect for him and admiration because he stood and still stands on his values, especially when it comes down to the culture in terms of what moves it the arts and all the things that are involved in it. And he's one of the, f- one of the few brothers that I know. Actually, I, w- I might say the only one who made an attempt at unifying people within the artistic community. And artistic, I mean music too and all that. Because there were moments when he had the We Culture photo shoots that took place in, it was every January. For a Sunday uh First, basically, the first Sunday of the New Year. Yeah. First Sunday of the New Year, and he would have all of us standing on top of uh, the steps um, at the art museum in Philly. Now, for those who, who may not understand, it was kind of like our version of the Great Day in Harlem yep. shoot. And if y'all know about the Great Day in Harlem shoot, that was a shoot where you had all about the members. Like the prominent jazz, yep. jazz musicians at the time. Yep, and other members of the Harlem Renaissance mm-hmm. were there too mm-hmm. on these steps. And then that was then recreated down the line with Double XL Magazine. Yep. And all those rappers were there. I think only people who weren't there, like Hove wasn't there, something like that. But like for the most part, all these rappers who were like in the 90s, like late 90s, Mm -hmm. was on these steps. Both coasts. It was people from both coasts out there, John, too, at that. Yeah. That's what made it heavier. Indeed. This was, yeah, this was like kind of like almost like a response thing to the whole Tupac and Biggie thing. Mm hmm. Um, and that was just beautiful seeing like everybody like, yo, we ain't about this dumb shit like this. Come out here and represent our culture. Right. What we trying to do. And yeah, that's basically what I was trying to recreate with them pictures. Yeah. And he did it. And for those who may not recognize the voice, I am talking to <laughs> Knock Knock, who is it? Uncool Chuck. <laughs> yes, yes. Blessings, dog. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Appreciate it. My main man. I appreciate it. And again, I say I, I respect what you do is because I've never known you, no matter what, you never held your tongue by right. anything mm-hmm. in regards to the culture. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to a point of going back to what the culture is. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, yeah, the, that whole word, the culture, I ain't going to front. I look at you at a point where I, like, cringe <laughs> every time I hear that shit now because it's, it's thrown around so much. But um, just just everything that like moves society forward low key that's how i see it now it ain't even just um like the i guess a, a way of life this is a way of thinking in general like um and for me it was it wasn't necessarily like i think now when people say the culture is like more of an emphasis on hip hop and because hip hop's so prominent like hip hop has become the new pop culture so when people say the culture they talking about that with, you know, trends and shit like that. But for me, it was more of a, how do I want to say, like a, almost like a 
not necessarily socioeconomic, but just like the structure of a society. Like, like anywhere. If you come, like if you come to America or wherever you know, country wherever you go to visit, like the things and the people that construct the culture. And I always say it's the artists and the people that's the visionaries, because they they instill these ideas and practices within the like they put it out there and then eventually it becomes like pillars in society and what certain things are known for. So for me, when I always was speaking like Philadelphia culture, I'm talking about the shit that Philly going to be known for what is and will be known for down the line. And I ain't talking about just cheesesteaks and like the Eagles and sports shit, specifically talking about art, visual, sonic, digital, all that. And I always felt as though like this city, we had some of the best talent came from this city. And we always felt as though we had to like leave and go to somewhere else and like be a transplant somewhere else. And I guess to make it. And I always felt as though like if we just unify and bossed up and came together, like everybody going to see like, oh, Philly ain't nothing to fuck with. And I feel like you can see that shit now. Like, like I said, we had a conversation, we did the interview four years ago and it was just, it was a vision and it was trying to get people to see the vision. But I feel like four years later, like you see it, you see how many people coming from out of here and not even necessarily having to leave and catch their lick somewhere else. Like for per- perfect example, the first person that's coming to mind immediately is like, look at Tierra Whack. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, she was, and it's not no brag and nothing like that, but she was in that picture. She was in that first picture. And, I mean, you can't you can't go on no, like, I guess, coach, quote-unquote, cultural platform and not see, oh, the next best thing in hip-hop, the changing of the guard, you know, Tierra Whack, when she from Philly. You know what I'm saying? And that's that talent and everything that encompasses who she is. I'm not going to say everything. But a lot of what encompass who she is and her creativity and her mindset is from being here. And there's a lot of that here. And as time goes, we just going to keep, you know, more and more people going to be getting their turn, getting their chance. Now, the idea of Philly culture, how it strikes me nowadays, is like you said, it ain't just the cheesesteaks, the sports shit. But I feel like it's always branded on us because mm-hmm. that's all that the mainstream Philadelphia media mm-hmm. puts out. Let's, let's be honest, yes, I, I cared about the Eagles in the Super Bowl, right? But there was more to the city than just that. Facts. There's more to the city than just a Rocky statue or whatever it. it is. And, of course, that's a fictional character yeah. that got more light than real boxes from right. the city. from this legendary boxes from the city. Like, Frazier was here putting, putting cats down and exactly. all that. Exactly. You know, because it's interesting that I look at the city and I look at how I feel like people tend to fear unification because mm-hmm. they think that again this is coming from my opinion from what I've observed people think that oh if I get with this cat they're going to try to take my wave or they're going to act like I ain't that dude but I'm really that mm-hmm. dude and I'm better than so and so but there is a symbiotic relationship that develops when unification occurs exactly. like I'll tell you right now back when I was like doing the photography and videography in the city I had my skills other people had their skills. And uh, and once we were able to bring some of our skills together, you were able to make some dope content. Man, that shit like Voltron. Come on now. <laughs> it's like Voltron or the Power Rangers when they create the Megaz- what is it, Megazord, whatever the nigga name is. Yep. <laughs> like when they get there, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, they, they be putting their little work in when they in their little separate little joints or whatever. But yeah. when they lock up, like, it's a whole new monster. And that's the same thing. 
that that's the mindset I think people should have here. Like it ain't even about. And I think I think I understand why people here feel that way because for so long, like I guess these industries always picked like one or two people from here, and then them people essentially started feeling like, oh well, I was the best because I I was the one that got picked. So people be thinking like like you just said like oh I ain't I'm not gonna like link up because they gonna take my wave and I'm I'm not like I'm not gonna be the ball or I'm not gonna be the chick you know what I'm saying but if it's if it's a conglomerate of people it's like if you see me you if you if it's a conglomerate and if y'all looking at me you gotta be looking at this person next to me to my right and you gotta be looking at the person that's to my left so. It ain't. It's not a situation where it's like only one person can make it. If if they focus on you and you working with somebody else, it's like alright. So if y'all taking me, then I'll, this is who I work with. So they coming too. You know what I'm saying? And right. this is one of those things which is a constant, constant build up. But like this is a process, man. That's that's the that's the main thing. Like you got people that's been here and they so stuck in their ways they don't see it. And I think the beautiful thing for me is like four years later, how many like. Younger or up and coming artists be coming up to me and it's like, yo, dog, I love what you're doing for the city and like, whoop, 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 like, and not not for nothing, like that's that's the ones that I really want to reach. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I I'm <laughs> I'm not I don't never want to be like the old nigga that's like hating on the young kids or whatever. I always say like you gotta each each generation you gotta make sure they go further than where you went where you went. So the whole you know the whole vision and the whole idea might not fully materialized for maybe another 20 years and fully is like the the biggest thing in America if not the world but it's just as long as you can see them process them, them steps being um made to get to that point that's really all I could ask for and here's the thing about that I'll say in response to what you just said about you know the pretty much the, the lifeblood and, and the fuel behind the scene here mm-hmm. is that yes I want to see the younger artists who are here do their best to be the best artists they can possibly mm-hmm. be and as you see I mentioned Tiara Wack her visuals exactly for that video she put out it was different and when, when it was different that shit was special yes <laughs> she was special and that's why everyone no matter where you were at could connect to it because mm-hmm. the thing that I can I kind of encountered in, in the city is that people will see one thing done you don't copy that shit until the fucking axle breaks mm-hmm. and the wheel falls off. Because like you said, that for every artist that made it, everyone thinks that they got to be like that art artist to make it. When State Prop was out there, or Major Figure, Major State Figure, Prop was doing yeah. that thing, or even Flip Most Wanted, people were probably looking at them like, oh man, yo, I'm going to be like them. I'm going to do that. Or when the Battle Rap Cats was popping off, I got to do this, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. But if you notice in every single group where that one special person blew up, it created a sense of envy, disdain. Cause I look at when Meek blew up. Yeah. There was as as keep keep it a buck, there was a pushback. Yeah, because all the motherfuckers he he came up with thought it should have been them. Right. And he was mad cause it wasn't them. So it was like why him? Why it wasn't me? Then here you go with the Yeah, all the people. Which was whack because I I feel as though it's like, damn, you should you should celebrate that and feel like what you doing ain't in vain because seeing somebody that you grew up with that you come up in the mud with actually make it, it should be like, should, should set a, a light bulb off in your brain and say like, oh, all right, this shit really can't happen because I watched it happen for him. So I know it can happen for me. Let me just do what I got to do to get there too. Right. Keep opening these doors, but you know. And I think, which is what the newer generation of artists 
like well, the Uzis, the Tierras, and I want to say people from working on dying, these different mm-hmm. collectives. Mm-hmm. What the old generation didn't understand is that when one door closes, you got to dig a tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to like figure out your own entrance, your own way into the building. You make it happen. Because yep. now it's all about DIY. These people ain't waiting for nobody to give them a bag, yeah. bro. People aren't waiting for, oh, I'm trying to get signed by a label. Or I'm, I'm trying to get like seen by this publication. Like, nah, there's people in the city who are even visual artists. F- photographers like uh, um, Aaron Ricketts, for example. Killing shit. Killing Shout shit. Shout out my man Keith. And they're doing things on their own terms. Because yep. co-signs, I mean, it's good to have them them when Jones, we can get them. But them Jones only go for so far. Right. And I be telling people that shit all the time because I look at like, I'm in like fashion design and shit like that. And people be like, well, why you won't be trying to get your shit on a celebrity? Because it's only going to go as far as that celebrity go. Right. So the celebrity co-sign my shit. And then when he ain't hot no more, who buying my clothes? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or when he stopped wearing my shit and start wearing somebody else's shit, then who going to be buying my shit? You know what I'm saying? So it's, that shit is, anybody that's waiting for a co-sign, shit, you going to be waiting forever because that shit don't, it don't really get you that far especially and outside of that it's almost like you lazy because you ain't really trying to do the work to get there yourself you want somebody else to oh somebody oh it's like come help me <laughs> you know what i'm saying come help me get in the door and most more times than not you're gonna get your opportunity the first thing they say like all these all these people in these industries they be all of them say the same shit talent is cool but if you ain't tra- if you ain't gonna work like this shit ain't for you. Facts. That's why I like there are artists out there. People say, yo, I rap better than that dude. Rap better than that dude. You don't work hard as that motherfucker. They don't. <laughs> like, they look at that one dude, uh, for example, who's like one of my favorite artists now because he's just out there, a cat from Tennessee, heavy camp, black youngster. That nigga crazy. He's crazy as hell. <laughs> but like, there is definitely, besides all the shit he does on social media, mm-hmm. that's work. Right. Yeah. He, he, he makes his videos go viral. To promote his music, mm-hmm. that's work. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, I, I understand how these people are getting on and establishing themselves because they figure out ways to catch the eyes of the people right. that they once admired. Now, people who admire, who they once admired, are looking for, looking at them now for the juice. Yep. You know, like I, look, there was people here, you know, who I remember had a had a bit of a buzz in the city, but I feel like one of those individuals tended to look around other people's styles. <laughs> take, take their shit, right? <laughs> Put it with his own shit. And yeah. then that was that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, so I, I peeped that. And that's the part of the game I didn't respect. Because mm. I feel like if I see all these different artists who are doing their thing, and I'm out here trying to ride their wave to get to the top, it's like you can at least, like, yo, I'm doing this. Put you on for that. Mm-hmm. Put you on with that. Rather than trying to absorb the juice from here and there, because it's, that's not how the that's not how the game goes because yeah. that in itself I count that as culture vulture. Yeah, you know, yeah. As, as Dame Dash is like big thing nowadays, mm-hmm. like identifying the culture vultures. But people tend to think that culture vultures are just like they're they're non people of color. Yeah, bullshit. no, it's not. It ain't that. It's bullshit. It ain't, it shit ain't that at all. Like you'd be surprised how many people y'all look up to who, like you said, y'all look up to who low key. That's what they really are. They just. Jump on whatever hot at the moment, suck the whatever life out of that they can suck out of it, mm-hmm. get whatever they can get off of it, and then jump right to the next thing and do the same shit over and over and over. 
exactly. without really without really contributing, you know, something substantial to it. But you know, eventually, like like Hove said, when the grass is cut, the snakes are show. So eventually, people will catch up and, and see who's real and who's not. Right. But um, that's that's I guess that's just that's just part of the game at this point. Charge that shit to the game, and that's just people. Uh, you know, that's a lot of that is people. It's like the vanity of things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people want that attention and want. Hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, and they don't really care how they get that attention. And sometimes it's like genuinely, fuck it, I'm gonna just do this work, do what I gotta do, for, you know, mm-hmm. to build myself up. And sometimes it's just like, oh, that shit working for you, I'm gonna do that. That shit working for you, oh, I'm gonna do that. And I'm gonna just they just gonna com- combine everything that they see from everywhere else and just kind of use it as as if it's their own thing to build them up. And right. you know, to me that shit is very whack, but that, that lets you know people uh, ethics. And integrity or like thereof for real for real when Facts. it comes to certain shit. Facts. So now you when you were doing the we culture and you're reaching out to all these people to bring them together. And you did bring them together mm-hmm. on those steps. But afterwards, did you face was there anything that frustrated you about I guess I wanna say the lack of unity afterwards? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well the first thing that the fir- the first thing that frustrated me the most was the this whole misconception that it's kinda turned into like, oh Chuck the plug type thing. Cause it's like, yo, ain't nobody never do that shit. So this nigga must got the juice to get everybody to come stand out there in the cold on them steps. Whatever, whatever. So then, you know, everybody coming to me like, Oh, can you help me do this? Or, I'm working on this. Can you help me promote this? Can you retweet this? Can you? So I guess I guess that whole turning into like a influencer, whatever that bullshit, and or like a quote unquote plug that. But then there's also just like realizing like eventually seeing that oh y'all don't really believe in the message and the idea behind this shit. Y'all just like like in the vanity part, the how it look thing, right? And how it's perceived by everybody. And then you look at the picture as being something that stamps you. Like if I'm in this picture, then I'm, I'm really one of the top niggas in the city, mm. or I'm buzzing, or whatever. Like it's almost like a the picture is like validation for you, and then you just go back to your regular like not fucking with nobody. You know what I'm saying? You ain't really trying to build. You ain't really trying to connect with nobody. Mm-hmm. You, you know, doing sucker shit. So that was the that was the immediate um, frustration. And because I mean, I I'll always point to this one thing, whereas though, like this if. If anything in, in the whole process of that whole week of the whole week culture thing that that this was like pivotal when I just was like yeah I don't know about this shit because I don't think they really real about this shit. So after the second picture, shout out to um, Whimsical Salim because he kind of like was the middleman with this shit. But I'm meeting these people at City Hall and they talking to me about doing all this cool shit with the creatives in the city and whoop de whoop de whoop. So we come up with the idea to do like a basically this was like a. Like a low key, like a town hall meeting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With city hall people, you know, people from the office of the creative community and all that shit. And um, we they wanted because they seen the numbers and that second picture was like 250 something plus people. So they like, damn, we could get all these people. Like we could, you know, start connecting with the people that's here because mm-hmm. they made and the thing we talk about. They they one of their main things was like, okay, how can we drive the economy of the creative community and at the same time retention was their main thing because they, they seen they was like, well, we tired of having our you know so many people feel like they gotta lead the city. So how can we work with them to make sure they contributed to what Philadelphia is and keep them here too? And um, so I 
sit and go into these meetings for like three months and put the joint together. And like, so you got the picture, you see 250 some people come to the picture. Like I said, the, the vanity part, the look at me part. And then when it's the meet, when you come to some structure shit to really start building this shit up, 35 people show up. And then niggas show up late. And that's roughly almost like an eighth of people who are there. Right. Show up to this meeting. So Jesus. I'm out here looking like, that was probably, I ain't even going for, that was probably the most embarrassing fucking moment. Cause I'm just standing in front of this lady and her people, and it's like, she's like, well, where the fuck is the people? Basically, she's like, where the people at? And I'm just like, oh, they supposed to be here. Niggas show up, so that was um, that was that. But then I just started realizing what people what they wanted. You know what I'm saying? We had certain structure like that where we could actually really start building and start doing certain things. But then when I would do events and like it was attached to like parties and shit like that, I ain't had no problem getting them to come out for shit like that. But when it was time to build. We not want nobody ready. But it just, you know, that shit was a learning experience, and I take that shit in stride. But it's funny because I look now and I see, like, how, you know, how things are moving and certain other people doing certain things. And just, like, I look at it as, like, not 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 from an envious point of view or jealous point of view, like, oh, that could have been or should have been me. But it's, like, I had that key. Mm-hmm. And the people who everybody, I see people in the street bigging me up. And, oh, you the boy, and I love what you're doing for the city. Like, the ones that was... Low key, like that battery in my back. I was just dis- put it like this. I was very disappointed because, like, not for nothing. I I wasn't trying to be like no like the ball type figure, but I was gonna be the vessel. If it was gonna be from something that I birthed, the idea that I had that was gonna, you know, build this bridge. I was gonna do what I had to do to make sure everybody was straight. But that shit ain't work out like that because the people who complain the most ain't show up when they needed to. <laughs> you know, that always when they goes. needed to be there. So yeah, that shit it is what it is. But that was those are like the most frustrating things that came with that. And it's it's one of them things where like it, with great I guess that whole great power come great responsibility, responsibility yeah. shit and on the burden the the whoever the lead person carried the burden and all that shit. So again, that's something else. Just try I had to charge that shit to the game and keep rocking. Damn, dude. Cause I remember you did a third one. That was was that in January 2016. That was yeah. That was the last one before just the little pop up joint we just did. That last one was like, and it's not to discredit or shade nobody that was there that was a part of it, but like feeling wise internally for me, I felt the worst about that one. But that was the one that got all the love and press and all that shit, which was a weird dichotomy. But yeah, that joint ended up being in like all the all the newspapers and. It was fulfilling seeing like it get some type of recognition, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it just was like it would be the one that I fucked with the least. They got the most recognition. Thing. Yeah, but it is what it is. You know, I feel like you know everything. Everything happened for a reason, and I think through that, like because of that one getting the um, the press and publications and all that, I was able to meet and kind of like foster some relationships with certain people that do certain things. So if ever, um, you know, they they love the idea and it was easier for me to get like, even like the, the pop-up joint we just did in August, which wasn't even major. And it was crazy because it rained, it rained that day and people still was out there rocking. But even though the turnout wasn't big as the one that was in the, in the newspaper before, they still put it in there because they like what it represented. You know what I'm saying? So that's shit like that make me feel like, all right, I ain't doing this shit for nothing. People still... You know People still, they, yeah. yeah, and like I said, the fact it was so many young people there, just like embracing it. And I remember having a conversation with uh, a homie afterwards. He just was like, "Yo, like being here just made me realize so much shit. Like, yo, like we really got boss up and just like, yo, if we do this shit together, we all gonna win." I'm like, "There you go. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Fact. <laughs> That's it." And well, two things I'll say, right? 
one thing I say about the last, the, the one, the last uh, we coached a shoot in 2016. It was a cold day, right? But I was warm that day, mm -hmm. right? I was on point. I met an interesting character. Interesting character. Yeah, beat yeah. up, man. It'd be some interesting characters there. Yo, dude was there, man. He wound up selling me a bed, yo. He sold you a bed? Wow. I got me a bed. Like, yo, I make beds. I said, all right. <laughs> I got a bed, man. It's just, I was, he was a very interesting um, cat to deal with, man. It's just. How was it a good bed? Like, is bed it was, comfortable? The, the, the mattress was comfortable, but just. With the process of getting that job? Yo, the process of getting it. Cause I'm like I'm realizing like yo I'm not dealing with a professional cat, dealing with a brother from around the way, and not to, not to say that brothers yeah. around the way don't be handling business. Yeah. Cause there's some cats out there who do their business, but this cat right here, I said, God damn. <laughs> then then I was getting getting extra money out of me for this and that. I said, God damn, bro. I, said, I knew I was getting into. Mm -hmm. I knew I was getting into. So I like finish my business with him. I said, cool. Yeah, here's I'm done. It's my shit. No more. Right. I'm good. Next time I get, give me a mattress, cuz, go and fucking mattress guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, new. No. The second thing is, is that what I have noticed is that the youth culture is where all the change starts. Mm -hmm. They see what we've done as, you know, the previous generation. It's crazy to refer to us as the, the previous, previous generation. Yeah. But seeing these cats out here who were like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. They're very perceptive, and they've watched us since they were kids. Yeah. And by them coming to you know, the, the pop-up and embracing that, they're the ones who really care. Because mm -hmm. they're the ones who, not to sound uh, like an old guy out here, but they haven't been beaten yet by the stagnation that exists in the city. Exactly. You know, they're still exactly. opt optimistic. They're still mm -hmm. going to these parties. You know, like the, what's the shorty's names, man? Like, what's the name? Like, Tati, Tati. Tati. Tati Mia. Tati Mia, yeah. Mm -hmm. She DJs. And you have um, the three girls who have the jams they have at, at the Dolphin Philly. Oh, um, uh, pretty girls like Trap. Yeah. Yeah. So you have this this movement of the youth that's mm -hmm. out there. They have the photographers, the videographers. They're all, they're all there making it happen. And when I think about them as opposed to us, we got fucked up because we thought that we needed money for everything. Mm -hmm. Like, money had to drive all of our shit. You couldn't work with someone like yours collab. Where's the money, Where at? The money at? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be paid for your time, but let's, be, let's keep, it, keep it real. Like, if you know that you're trying to get yourself together and this personal affairs can get themselves together, connect, collaborate, mm -hmm. and build on something. You know, because the money... Man, the money there, it's going to come. It's going to come. Like, that's, that's the thing about it. Like, people were so motivated by the cash. Mm -hmm. Like, no, if I ain't paying, I ain't going to do it. And you're going to be assed out because you thinking your shit is, is that dope. Right. When you can really keep me out here. Keep like, going Yeah. To get it there. Cause, yeah, that's the thing. We we just, we be, Sometimes we overvalue our shit mm -hmm. too early in the game. You right. know what I'm saying? Where it's like, it's kind of like that whole, like, the master don't never stop learning. Type of thing. Mm -hmm. You always get better. Yep. But as soon as you, because it kind of goes to that cosign, somebody, like, oh, this shit dope. Like, that shit look like it could be in this store. Then you think, like, oh, you comfortable and I can charge or whatever and people better pay my price. But, like, when you when you start, start talking about the money that we envision and hope that we can make, it's like, no, your shit better be airtight right. and everything might be like lock, stock, and bearable before you start charging people X, Y, and Z or expecting to get X, Y, and Z. Let me say, I was just sitting here thinking this while you was talking and it's funny how you coined this phrase weird is new black and i couldn't i couldn't agree with that shit any less or anymore excuse me because the whole like concept of like alternative 
black kids like that shit is basically what being black is now you know what i'm saying the yep. whole the whole like you gotta be you know i'm not gonna say ratchet or you know belligerent all the time or you only can listen to rap and r&b and you gotta look a certain way you gotta dress this way like that shit is on its way out the door like the average <laughs> like the next five years like the average black kid is gonna look like Jaden and willow yeah you know what i'm saying and five years ago that was like them niggas is weirdos dude and that's like that's where like the name came from because it came from my personal experiences in life mm-hmm. you know what i mean i got that shit tattooed on my arm because it, it was that real as you should because like again i went to school in like in south philly right minority but most of the black kids who were there were from a neighborhood in south philly the school you went to i went to gamp Okay, you're right. You know, passionate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, I was there, but I was video gamed out. Mm-hmm. I was playing Zelda. You know, I me. Mean? I knew about Pokemon from the cartoon. Right. Like, but I was just me. You know, that's, that's all that I knew. But compared to them, like that's weird. He's a nerd. He's corny. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. You don't play. You don't play basketball. You know, you out here playing video games and fucking Pokemon cards. Right. You know, niggas like you know, we supposed to be playing. We supposed to be on the corner, or we supposed to be playing ball, or you know, some shit like that. Listen to DMX second mm-hmm. album. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. The rest of it came out with you. I might listen to like, I listen to like, you know, like Stereo Lab and all that shit. Even, even back then. Fuck is what that? the fuck is that? Right. <laughs> so I find myself having to conform, be like, have my like my popular rap CDs mm-hmm. and I bring them to school. But I'm, I was in the crib. I wasn't listening to that shit like right. that. You know, it was like Swing Out Girl. I mean, my bad. Swing Out Sister, Stereo Lab, or DJ Crush, or any type of shit that was just what I was into. Shit that you like. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, it's a. Beautiful thing to see now. The you know the, the younger ones out here with their green hair, mm-hmm. pink hair, purple hair, mm-hmm. listening to whatever they want to talk about, like yep. talk about Paramore, mm-hmm. and be like, I dare y'all niggas to say something about this. Yo, you know it's funny. How I feel like Paramore is like the bridge to like alternative music for like black, black people. Yo, or some shit. Yo. Like, like like everybody love fucking Haley and Paramore and. Well, all the like all the black people love love Paramore, and that's like they introduction to like anything outside of hip hop or R and B shit is crazy. Right. But it's, it's I just I I like you said it's, it's to elaborate a little bit more on what you were saying. Like it's beautiful seeing like like for like for me for instance like I didn't have them experiences you had in I guess middle school and like high school because I was maybe like subconsciously conforming to what I thought I was supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Not even knowing that I was doing it. I didn't really find my real self or start tapping into my real stuff till like 2021. And that's when I started just wearing whatever the fuck I felt like wearing or, you know, like music. I always kind of had a little eclectic taste of music. Like my cousin, um, she was always like alt. She was always alternative black. So she put me on the shit. Just like really just embracing that shit. Like I remember like when early 20s when I first like really got into punk. And all that shit, like that was my, that was kind of my thing. Like I always incorporated that into how I looked. And people were like, "This nigga got spikes and shit on his clothes, like fucking white." But you trying to be a white boy or some shit? Like <laughs> that was the lines you say. Yeah. Trying to be white with that shit. I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, nigga, this is just, this is just what I'm doing. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's weird. And maybe this come from our slave mentality. But like seeing a black person be free and expressing who they are is like wrong in our eyes you know what i'm saying it's like it's really weird like yep. if you ain't doing what they say we supposed to be you weird now let me ask you this question right now growing up with hip-hop there was one figure who was like the alternative black dude in rap based on his style mm-hmm. but you couldn't do anything with him when it came to the microphone andre 3000 once i want to say after um 
around the time AT Aliens came out. Yeah. Because he, he was wearing turbans yeah, in his rap nigga joints. Was fuck with Erica Badu. <laughs> right. But his style yeah. was just, it was so unique. Mm-hmm. And it was different. He would wear the wig sometimes. Yeah, crazy shit. The, the furry, fuzzy. I remember the one video. He had the fuzzy pants on, the no shirt with the football fucking pads Rosa on. Rosa Parks. Shit. That was yeah. Rosa Parks video. Yeah. yeah, it just was like that's nigga crazy. But he be he be saying some shit. Saying some shit. <laughs> but then I, I look back, but that weirdness, you know, that's you know, that's in that's, that's within us. Mm-hmm. That was always there. It was always there. Like, you look at um, P. Funk and George Clinton, or you look at- That whole wave. Earth Ozzy and Hayes, the Fire. All them, all yeah, them dudes. All them dudes. And so, like, this is the- Because it was a picture, it's a picture of uh, the Ozzy brothers, right? On the corner, boy got the blouse on. Yeah. With the shirt with a tie underneath. <laughs> yeah, that was Ernie Osley. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I said, I bet you, you call Ernie soft. Mm-hmm. Step to him, because his shirt yeah. like that. He will lay you problem. out. It was a problem because these yep. dudes. Where were the um, Ozzy from? Like from like Ohio? Or something no, like that? I think I, I think they might be from. What is? Are they from down south? I don't know where they from. It don't matter. Like yeah, but like because I feel like back then it was like, don't let this don't let this blouse get you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like, he was like, yeah, nigga, yeah, I'm, I'm out here. I'm out but here. But I will get you. Yeah. Yep. And, and that was I. Yeah, you actually right. Like we always been. We is is you know what's funny though. The funny thing is, as um, I guess liberating as hip hop can be, I feel like that's what ultimately put us in the box. Because if you look at the '80s, dog, how motherfuckers looked then. Yo, like, I was having this conversation in a barber shop with my barber. Right, he a little he, he like he in his mid forties, whatever. And he talking about like, oh y'all niggas out here with these skinny jeans on and shit. I'm like, yo, come on. Like the shit that don't, like I'm like I'm like I'm like I, you wasn't he wasn't an adult but I'm like nigga the, your old heads in the '80s the shit that they was out here wearing bro the low ass furious shout out dude <laughs> shout out you them like tight ass jeans man. yeah with the like the tassels and all that shit on niggas with the eyeliner and the, the good the nigga had on cowboy boots shorts and the, and the ruffled like it's, exactly on the joints like um what's what's the dude's name man. Like, dude had the same outfit as Macho Man Randy, Randy Savage, Savage did, yeah, you know? basically. Except he had, like, he wasn't wearing the glasses. But you ask some niggas, oh, yeah. You, try, you even try to test them dudes back in the day. Yeah. But my point, perfect, perfect example. Rick James on this fucking album cover with fucking tights on and the street thigh songs high It was yes. thigh high, red thigh high boots. But wasn't nobody stepping to Rick like, oh, nigga, you a bitch. With his hair. <laughs> with braids. the braids and the beads. Yes. Like, <laughs> But now y'all niggas get killed for having like their jeans too tight or y'all dress too feminine and all this shit. It's crazy. And it's, and it's like we, and it's like, and, and, and it's so interesting to see how we, and within terms of our culture, because cause when, when I think of culture these days, like you said, people tend to think of like hip hop culture mm-hmm. and people often try to make black culture, hip hop culture synonymous, synonymous because we made yeah. it. But black culture is way is mm-hmm. way more layered than just than just that. That hip hop culture is just a portion, a portion of that. Portion, yeah, right? So we look at that, and I wonder. It's funny how the system, just to see how we lost a bit of our identities so mm-hmm. quickly. You know, going from the '80s, because even then we had okay, you might have the Rock Hymns and your Big Daddy Kings, and yet you had your NWAs, you had your Biz Marquees. Mm-hmm. It was it was the very diverse. You had the Kitten Plays. Everything was going on, and then they got like, oh nah, nigga, we ain't doing that hardcore, hardcore. shit. Yep. Hardcore shit, because like New Jack Swing shit to me was 
ill in that era because everybody, everybody was dressing mm-hmm. to, dress, to dress, fly yeah. mm-hmm. in the club, and 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 these in these clubs you could hear New Jack Swing shit, hip hop, house, yep. club, all that, shit. all that shit, all on point in time, and everybody got down to it. We got to a point. If you say we was in the club like ninety seven, ninety eight, when they're playing some hearing some Jay Z in there, right? Let some niggas throw some German bass in there. You be like, what the fuck what is this, that? nigga? <laughs> I want to hear this shit. Man, put the, I want to either hear this or put some reggae on, man. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Because like going to a club, it was either like rap, top 40 rap, top 40 reggae, and then they try to slide some reggae tone in there yeah. to confuse you a little bit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, that was the standard. But back then, we had so much that made us different and made us stand out. And that's why... Our culture was so amazing to people. Because also, let's even think about it. Because, like, yo, when people look at you, our oh, dude's weird. They, sometimes people call you gay for how, how you would dress. How you, look, how you dress, yeah. I'm like, and then again, but just to go back to the people who were out there, and again, I'm like, just people being homophobic. I Man, how could you be that way when, when some of our biggest stars in black music were, were QPOCs, queer people of color? Like, yo. You mean you gonna really go sit here and, and people act like um, the contributions of a little Richard mean anything less because of what what he was into? Allegedly, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> that's just, but that's just, and that's that's shit. That's a whole a whole other shit discussion. But I think one of the, I think one of the things that that kind of, and I don't even want to sound this ain't no shade or nothing like that. But mm. it was the whole once they put. The dollar they dropped or dangled the dollar over the culture, and that's when shit just kind of just like got boxed. Because you said like toward the end of the um, 80s and the early 90s, like hip hop was hip hop, but it was very diverse. It was all these different sounds. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you had the Rakim's, Big Daddy Kane's, but you had the Jungle Brothers, De La Soul. You know what I'm saying? All that everything going on. Um, and then I feel like like when N.W.A. hit. And then, like, Dre and Snoop hit, and all that money that was fucking made, it was like, oh, you got, it got to be hardcore, it got to be street. Mm-hmm. And everything was like, if you ain't doing that shit, you ain't hip-hop, because you ain't really getting no fucking real money. You ain't going platinum doing that shit, you know what I'm saying? Right. And then this became, like, formulaic, where it's like, all right, if you ain't, you know, you got to put your shit together like this and they got to sell this and you ain't really, like I said, you're not doing nothing if you ain't selling X amount of albums and you ain't making X amount of money. Right. So niggas started seeing like, oh, this where the money at? This what I got to do? I, perfect example. I look at, I forget, I don't even remember what, what album that shit was, but fucking Run DMC. I'm like, these niggas out here with combat boots on, Run, nigga, what you doing? That was the um the album that had the joint down with the kings. Yep. Cause it was all it was all balled out, yep. looking like Onyx. And Onyx shit. and shit and niggas. I remember they looked like Onyx and I think Rev was rapping like that nigga sounded just like Trutch. That was <laughs> that was like ninety ninety. It was like ninety ninety one. No, it might have been a little bit after that. I, it was like ninety one, ninety two, yeah, some shit like that. Cause it yeah. was cause it was looking all like looking super mean hard, shit. mean mugging. It's like nigga, y'all rich as shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> just J. Rest in peace was all hard in the face and run. I mean DMC, it was just like yeah, nigga. Yeah, like See, cause even the video. Remember how them cats start rapping and shit like with the mm-hmm. you know, just fading <laughs> the air and shit like that. Yeah, like on some rambunctious yeah. shit, but. And here's the odd thing about that, though they, you, though you respect them for being pioneers, 
they ain't help out. They ain't help out the cause because that didn't make them keep them relevant nope. during the time. That song was hot because Pete Rock made the beat and CL Smooth was on there with his verse. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that was like they got got with these new cats and it made it made that song relevant. But people wasn't checking for Run DMC like uh. that throughout the time. You know, and no, no offense to them, but they flipped their style to become relevant, well, to, yeah. and it wasn't and worked. It ain't worked. Because something you said earlier too, um, before the money, because uh, you know, I read a bit of uh, Steve Stout's Tending of America. That Steve Stout need to stop that bullshit. Like I understand what you try to do, but I remember when that shit came on. That shit pissed me off. Mm-hmm. It really pissed me off because it it was like really like it seemed like it was a show to just like show how white people contributed to hip hop. That's what like that's how that's how that shit looked to me. They just highlighted everything like, oh, you know, it, white people weren't always against it. Like this was this person. Then they tried to make Blondie seem like they was the fucking ones that Boy, put Grant, yeah, shit. brought the shit to the joint. Like, all right, y'all did the joint. You had, you know, Basquiat was in the joint, and you name dropped Grandmaster Flash and whatever. But like, white motherfuckers, they wasn't listening to this shit, bro. <laughs> like 1983, they wasn't listening to fucking hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like, let's keep this shit a hundred. Like. So that I didn't, I didn't really. That whole series was like eh, to me. But go ahead, finish what you about to say. Because the because the book talked about like you know pretty much it's about that. But the, I remember reading about these like in the beginning of how Adidas mm-hmm. got into hip hop because of Run DMC, mm-hmm. and people was like checking off their shoes, That's waving the, concerts, the crowd, yeah. the concerts, and all that. But to me, that was like you said, nail in the coffin. Because I remember, kind of with culture vulture shit. It was. Yeah, them niggas seen the bag that could be made. Like, oh, they got this much influence over. As okay. way as as <laughs> giving give sponsorships, mm-hmm. and then because growing up in our neighborhoods, we were the ones who were seeing the Coke Forty Five, the St. Odds shit, the billboards high in the sky mm-hmm. on our on our grandma's blocks, right, right on the corner. Like when they start getting in with rappers and shit. Like just to sell alcohol. That's when the game started getting yep. twisted, twisted out and out of control. Because also, quick side note, I want to go back to what you mentioned about how like once the game got changed with Dr. Dre and Snoop. If you notice, once the rap shit turned start going that way, our movies went that way too. Men's Society, Boys in the Hood, every Men's Society. Yeah. Because Colors was like '87, yeah. but that was like still after like um, around like. Uh, Ice tea and shit. shit. Yeah. Yeah. And side note, for those who don't know, gangster rap actually came from West Philadelphia. That's right. Parkside PSK. Killers. Exactly. <laughs> shout known. out to School E D. Shout to the man, the legend. Exactly. <laughs> and Ice T will let niggas know where he got it from. For six in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But back to that, like the everything that I started to see was like West Coast influenced. Mm-hmm. Cause like people like yeah I'm a, I'm a thug dudes wearing plaid shirts yeah, and shit and glasses mm-hmm. like what up Loke like even like these like uh, these movies that weren't black movies you know you might have a, a the nerdy white character like hey what's going on here and see this black dude what up what up Snowflake what you doing yeah, around what here you doing around yeah here? And it, you know and it's, it's just that that became the thing because it mirrored what they thought 
we all that we were. Mm-hmm. So I remember you were mentioning uh, Top Call Quest and De La Soul. Mm-hmm. You remember the song um, by D Light, Groovers in the Heart? Yeah, that's the shit. That's the shit. And, that and the was, funny, yo, the funny shit is, yo, I remember being there. I'm like, yo, is this fucking Q Tip on here? Because it sounded like him. And then yeah. it wasn't until I got older. I'm like, yeah, that was Q Tip on that joint. But you could have that thing. Mm-hmm. Jungle Brothers had, um, you know, I Will House, house You. You will house you mm-hmm. now. But like, that was our shit too. Mm-hmm. So again, once they started dangling the bag in front of us, we thought we had to change our whole yep. attitude. It's wild because I remember like Dale Stoll still made music. Um, they made the song "Stakes Is High." Mm-hmm. That was like the response to all, all the shit that was that going on, on. Yeah. right? Because because Pac got mad at him because of that. It was like you going to diss us with this. We out here making money, mm-hmm. man. Y'all old, y'all flabby, sick. Y'all ain't doing nothing. But you you're not really seeing what's mm-hmm. going on. Like, same, cats. Shit, same shit. with What you call with common and uh ice, ice cube and shit. Same shit. That's, that's, that represented, it wasn't just a clash between Common and Cube. That represented a clash between the period of culture yeah. and what the culture morphed into. Mm-hmm. Because at one point in time, Cube was that dude. The nigga. He was that nigga. <laughs> America's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. He was, though he came from the gangster rap background, he put out conscious material. Exactly. Up until he got start rocking with the West Side Connection, I guess because I, I don't know that may have been relevant for him or his way to achieve relevancy because right. the way the game was changing. But he was always like he put out some conscious stuff. This is like listen to today was a good day. Like that that was like a that was literally like a tale of like shit that could happen in the hood that mm-hmm. didn't happen that made it a good day. And he wasn't glamorizing the bad shit that could happen. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just was like, yeah, this dumb shit I gotta deal with, but this one I'm actually getting into. You know what I'm saying? And that's like you said. And the the funny thing is, most people wouldn't even recognize that as like a conscious record, but low key it is. You know what I'm saying? Right. And the idea of what conscious music really is, like people think it's all about it. you gotta be on some most deaf shit, yeah. walking on stage barefoot with, <laughs> with linen shirts and shit, talking about Mike Queen and all that shit. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's more so about you know observing and paying like attention to what's going on. You aware of what's going on exactly? Facts. That's why, like, yo, on on the real, like one of the illest mainstream conscious dudes out there when he's really in his bag was like DMX. Yo, I literally just was sitting here thinking of that shit. Like X was the. Like, it was a dude, because it was no other rapper that I could think of at the time who would do an entire rap set and then pause it to do a prayer, a prayer on some stage. Yeah, like that shit is That's to me is like, powerful shit right it's there. powerful shit, and that to me is just like black black art in, in its most realist form. Mm-hmm. Noticing that we come from, you know, the spiritual backgrounds we had, you know, they going through slavery and people throwing the Christianity on their back, but them using that to still connect to where they came from. Mm-hmm. Black spirituality has always had its connections with music all the way through. So for him to do that yeah. even to this point, I'm like, yo, that's some shit. And it's, there hasn't been anyone to do that since then, like on a mainstream level, who wasn't like, like a Christian rapper. Nobody, nobody mm-hmm. does that. And it's like when people wanted to be uh, like, yeah, nigga, I'm like, I'm like Pac now, but you weren't. You're taking the derivative of what you think Pac yeah. was rather than what he actually was so, before the change. And the thing, that's when, I, when people say that shit, I'm like, are you Tupac or are you Tupac Shakur? Right. You know what I'm saying? And because, like, for me, like, I don't, just not taking nothing from him as a rapper, but him just as a thinker and him as the person. And I say this shit all the time. I feel like that man, but he, like, the most important person in hip hop history to me. Like then I'm not gonna say he's the best rapper, most important rapper, but I feel like he's the most important person because of what he represented and the shit that he stood for and what he tried to do. You know what I'm saying? Just on a, a cultural impact and 
how he felt about black people, you know what I'm saying? And what he believed, the things that he believed we should be striving for collectively. Like, I, I just be sitting there, like, damn near mesmerized by this, some of his interviews. I'm like, this nigga, like, was a philosopher. Like, Bob was, like, the fucking Socrates of hip-hop or some shit. He was. But you know what's amazing about Pac? Pac, I compare Pac's life to hip-hop in terms of... How he was he was corrupted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Hip hop in a sense was corrupt, and he never had a chance to get back to where he was. Yeah, because you think about it, like Pac was one of the few rappers that I knew who was like known for being tatted up like that. There was a, I, I couldn't think of so anybody people doing that back then. Yeah, yeah. you could have a couple of niggas that was in jail or something had like jail tattoos, but wasn't nobody really doing it like him. Mm -hmm. Like, because you imagine like Pac fronting a, a punk band, bro? That'd be crazy. Like just because of the way the shit that he was on, mm -hmm. just be a, being in a, in a zone where he was doing like PE type shit because he he had that opportunity. And I, yeah, and I but and the crazy thing is I, he he kind of like you said he kind of started off doing that, but yeah, where they left off, and then he just kind of like you said, but it's kind of like what I was talking about mm -hmm. that motherfucking money start coming because that was that was him. He was like, I got the Versace on and this and that. Cause I listen to the interviews, um, counting money and all this shit. Like that wasn't you. That wasn't you. That wasn't you. But because I remember listening to uh, one of my favorite albums. I mean, I guess Me Against the World is probably my favorite Pac album, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I, but sometimes it changes. Cause it all depends. But I sat there and I listened to I think his most militant album was Truthy for, for My Niggas. niggas yeah. Hands down. <laughs> what nothing about it? Cause uh, Tupacalypse Now was a good intro into it. Mm -hmm. Like the song, like this. Like lunatic joint, like joint. He had him and the dude stretch going back at oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. But that album, Strictly for My Niggas, mm -hmm. had this one joint was him featuring the Live Squad. I mean, that beat was crazy. It was just going in, and he had songs with Tresh on the album. He had songs. He had a song on the album with Cube and Ice T. Wait, why I don't know that? Why did not know that? I think that's the album that I listened to like briefly, dude. And, I, and it's funny because I think that's the one album that everybody like low key like forget about from when he was alive. Niggas be like Tupacalypse now, and then he just be like Me Against the World, All Eyes on Me. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all you talk about like yo, kids now like All Eyes on Me, my favorite. Mm -hmm. Oh man, and some that's people, only because nigga you because you know fucking uh, ambitions as a rider. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the first song niggas think about. Or they like yeah, man, Pac was the shit because mm -hmm. he, he did he did the song hit him hit up. Him up. Yeah, but it's like dude, that was uh that wasn't who he was because mm -hmm. you know who he was when he first came out. He was about his people. Yep. Cause like, cause like his song was his albums. That's the reason why I tell people all the time why I can't listen to Machiavelli because it's such a negative album. The energy on that shit mm -hmm. is so angry, and I'm like, yeah. I can't listen to it in good conscience. I might listen to Live and Die in L.A. because it's a cool joint. That's a good joint. I was listening to that shit yesterday. That's a dope joint. Shit, yeah. The video was cool, mm -hmm. but then you listen to songs like uh, Hail, Hail Mary, yeah, yeah. and though so you vibe with it, that's a dark it's song. Like a very dark song. Yeah, it's, it was crazy. But it's just even the whole the whole concept of the album was about like dying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And he, I mean, that whole he played with that shit a lot throughout his career. But like that album more than like niggas on the album cover like crucified and shit. Like, yep. Because uh, listen, listen to the, the track list now, right? The song that with the Live Squad was a song called Struggling, and a joint with Ice Cube and Ice T was called Last Words. Now it was produced by Bobcat and J Master J with some shit. Wow. Yeah, so he had a lot of joints. Because uh, I'm going to tell you something. My, one of my favorite versions of Pac is Strictly for My Niggas Pac. Because he had that song, I Get Around That Shit. 
And I always debate people. I always wonder, like, what is the bigger summertime song? Is it I Get Around by Tupac or Summertime by Fresh Prince and Jesse Jeff? That's really a debate for you? Yeah, because, mind you, in 92, both songs were, on, were being played on the radio on Power 99. And I, I used to love both of those songs because they, they both remind me of, of, like, some summertime shit. Philly-wise, and of course, it's summertime, Jazzy, Jazzy, Jazzy Jeff, but then I Get Around is just, like... More of a, I guess, national type of thing. But I just, I guess for me, like you said, I got the bias, and being from here, like it's like summer don't officially start till you till you hear yeah. till you hear summertime drums, drums please, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, because that song, you know, summer madness by Cool G, um, by uh, by Cool, cool and the, the Gang, game. like they not, they're not even from Philly, but that song has been made a part of Philly, Philly because yeah. the plateau mm-hmm. and shit, man. That's the song that came 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 on. But, and here's a question uh, that I wanted to to ask you, right? When it comes down to the Philly artists, people who made a mark here. What is your opinion on Will Smith? I think that, and it's funny because um, I was in the lift and the, the driver was from West Philly and he was talking about Will Smith and him not coming back here and X, Y, and Z. I, I don't get into all that, but I think that <clears throat> Will Smith is probably like, like I ain't gonna front, like right now, Will Smith probably like the, the biggest motherfucker on Instagram. Like, Yo. his Instagram is so lit. Like, Will Smith... Like it's the epitome of like living your best life. His life just seems so fucking fun, and I was damn near overnight, bro. Yeah, but the the thing with Will Smith is like, yo, this nigga is like, like, as far as like artists and I guess entertainers, like, bruh, Will Smith is something you motherfuckers should strive to be, low key. Yep. Cause like not for nothing. He like what wasn't he successful in that he like tried to do. He rapped. He was good at that. Mm-hmm. He had a good ass TV show, good ass movie career. Everybody have a couple movies that don't, you know, that's hit or miss or flop sometimes. But for the most part, like, bro, he damn near got a flawless <laughs> career. Facts. You know what I'm saying? And his wife and, holds him down, Jada, who's a, a amazing star on her right. own right. And then you bringing up your generation, you got your kids coming up right behind you, and you supporting your kids, you doing whatever for them that you know, help you get them, and they killing shit. And just for him, like I said, the whole, like, this nigga about to be, uh, is he 50 or turning 50, however old he turned. 50 this year. Yeah, I think he turned 50 this month, because he's supposed to be doing some wild shit, jumping out of the helicopter in the bungee uh, bungee cord over the Grand Canyon, some wild shit. But, like, just to be able to say that, like, and I'm doing it on Instagram so everybody can see it. Like, Will Smith is definitely, um, yeah, like, somebody we should look at, like, yo, I want to be like Will Smith. And it's the fact that one of the greatest, greatest, another one of the greatest, and he came from Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? And I, like, not for me, not more than anything. Like, it was definitely a different time for him back then. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one of those things where, like, yo, I got to stay here. And do X songs because it really wasn't nothing here, here that at that yet. time. Like you know, Philly International was like God. obsolete. It wasn't really nothing. So it was like he had his chance. And outside of that, like Will Smith got one of them personalities where it just was like I feel like he knew he wanted to do more than rap. So was, he had to get, he had to get to Hollywood and play the game and do what he had to do to get in them doors to be who he is now. And hats off to that man. Like Will Smith, the goat. He played all kinds of roles. Yeah, bro. like like he did in that movie was the Seven Degrees of Separation. Six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation. That yeah. shit. That was the movie. I was like, oh, this nigga really can. He can really act. And he really did that shit. Yeah, think like, about like for someone who 
who who was from hip hop, you know, who who's acting, he was might have been like a year or two into the mm-hmm. game acting. For him to play that kind of a role in Six Degrees? Yeah, that, cause that shit was. Cause like, yo, hip hop be like, he doing he what? He kissed the white boy. He what? Right. But like, he took the chance. Yeah, he said, fuck it. And it worked. And it worked. Cause right at all, after all that shit, Independence Day come out, <laughs> blowing Bachwester out, like, you know what I'm saying? Men in Black, all that shit started just dropping. Wow, like, wow, All that shit, like, you, he did what he had to do. And, I was, and it's one of those things, it's like, he was comfortable who he was, mm-hmm. and he didn't give a fuck what nobody had to say. Nobody. You know what I'm saying? Nobody. I don't care what y'all niggas talking about. And he came back and dropped Big Willie style on niggas and had everybody getting jiggy with it. Facts. <laughs> so you did in, in the Miami joint. Yep. Come on, bro. Yeah, like Will Smith is really think, think about that shit. Really to go, he got really one of the most timeless records in hip hop history. Mm-hmm. Like I said, for so many people, like it don't even feel like summertime until you hear that fucking song. Summertime. Then before that, brand new funk. Brand new funk was the shit, bro. Then yeah, yo. Parents don't, just don't understand all that type of shit, all that man. Shit. Yeah, like this niggas, he stamped in in multiple avenues, and i for me, I can't say nothing bad about him. Especially and people be like, oh, you know, he, don't, I feel like they feel like he don't do enough for Philly. It's like I feel like he tried to do shit here, and they, he got shut out. Everybody know about the whole shit with him wanting to build that fucking the shit where they got some condos at now on South Broad Street. He wanted to turn that shit into like a, a center, like mm-hmm. an entertain arts and entertainment center to like you know help people in the community because it's on the avenue of the arts. But they no, they ain't want to sell him the property. So I could, I feel like that probably was a joint. Like, look, I tried. I'm gonna keep my NGO on this side. Right. You know what I'm saying? Here's, here's the thing: is like people are very demanding, and it goes back to what you tried to do with the we culture. Because people say, "Yo, man, didn't do enough for us." It's like you can come out here right now and have a party. Y'all so go yo, out to the party. Y'all want to be, be seen. But if he tells you, "Okay, cool, you came to this party." Now, if you want to be like me, y'all put the work in yourself. Motherfuckers don't get amnesia. Yep. And that's it. So, like, people are like, what? What's you doing for Philly? Nah, dog, what are you doing for yourself? You're supposed to come back and help us. Help exactly. you do what? what? What are you doing? What, what do you want him to do for you? For you? That's exactly the thing. Like, what you, because the thing is, is like, only thing they're going to think of is they going to say, like, oh, he got all this money. And he ain't put no money in the city. Like, boy, where you want him to put the money at? Right, your pockets. Exactly. Because, like you say, if he give it to the city, you're going to say, like, oh, he ain't put it in the hood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He put it in the hood. He go, oh, he ain't put that shit in our hood. He only looked out for West Philly. So like, <laughs> it never stops. It's never going to fucking stop. You can't you you can't satisfy everybody. Okay. That's that's one thing. No matter how big you get, it's always going to be somebody complaining about some shit. Facts. Real shit. Master your question. Now, do you know about the other Will Smith? The designer. My man. <laughs> My man. Yes. Yeah. From yeah, from Philly. My aunt, my aunt, my aunt actually um, put me on to him. Yeah, he was doing his thing in like the it was like late eighties. Yeah, cause um he had uh, the Willie wear. Willie wear, yep. Yep, and his sister was an actress. She was on two two seven. She from here. Um, all right, so remember two two seven. I remember two. I was a young boy though. Me I was too. Really a young boy. <laughs> Annoying ass theme song. <laughs> Get out of here, Martha Gibbs. Nah, shout <laughs> to her, yo. Was uh remember the uh, the sister? She had like the blonde hair. She, she was kind of ditzy on the show. Bro, I'm not going to front. Only, like, when I think about that song, I, I mean, a, that show, there's only two people that I remember. Mm-hmm. The grandma from Don't Be a Menace. Yeah. And uh, Always on the stoop and shit. Yeah, yeah. on the stoop. She was always on the, on the porch and shit. And the other, the other lady, I remember she was on the episode of Martin. As the uh, little, like, the nanny. Uh, not nanny, like, the the the... Housekeeper or some shit. She was annoying. Marla Gibbs. She was like the one who played Florence on um, Jefferson's. There you go. That one. Okay. I remember her. I remember the John Jackie Harry. 
Oh yeah, Jack A was on that yeah. shit too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on um, you know what I mean, with, with the twins and sister, shit. Sister, sister, sister. And shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Them twins just used to annoy the hell out of me back in the day. They got fine though. Yeah. You know I mean? So facts. shout out to them. Yeah. But um. But yeah, Willie. Yeah, Willie Wear. Yeah, my aunt, uh put me up because she she was talking about it. Like I remembered, like like I was supposed to remember that shit. Like I wasn't like three <laughs> back then. But um, yeah. Cause I'm, cause she said like Will Smith. I'm like, I'm like, I'm in my head. I'm like, damn, he made clothes too. Like that right. nigga was lit. But uh, she like, no, this is somebody else. So she like, yeah, he was big. He was doing this thing. But Dude, he was making like at one point in time, he was, he was making like twenty five million in a year. Yeah, yeah, off yep, clothing. Off of clothes. Yeah, they be talking about the '80s style. That's that's legitimate. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, during that time, many people were in, in that lifestyle. He uh, he got AIDS. He got AIDS. Yeah. Got contract AIDS, right? Yeah, he, he died from it. So when he he died, like his people was like, "Yo, um, his business partner was gonna t- was going to take over," and they collabed with different brands here and there. But eventually, but by ninety, the whole brand had to like shut down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm they could do because the guy who had the ideas for visions, it, yeah, he was gone. He was gone. Yeah. yeah. So it's like people in Philly we talk about different designers out here doing their thing. Like you can't forget people like that mm-hmm. who. So I had getting eggs. Twenty five million a year. Yeah, yeah off clothes, off man. Clothes. Off his his original designs, man. Facts. Cause also I think about people who are out here now, you know, design wise, who were doing things in fashion, and I got a lot of love and respect for what Iris, Iris mm-hmm. has done with these pink lips. Cause yeah, like dude, you saw her clothes on like Cardi B and Nigga, early on. that shit is everywhere now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like that hurts. Shout out to Iris. Um, but yeah, like yeah, she she yeah, cause Cardi was wearing her shit early and, and often. Like every time she was performing, she had her. Then seemed like she had her shit on. She she had on um like these gloves that Iris made for her on the Breakfast Club mm-hmm. one day. I was mm-hmm. like, that's the lit. white joints with the lips on them and shit. Yep. Right, cause uh, I think before that she did the joints for Amber Rose. That was I think that was the one that like got her like the. Spotlight. And they wore the shit to the VMA. Her Amber Rose and um Black China. Black China. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember. I remember. Um, it was, I think that was like three years ago, like 2015, I think. Because I remember like seeing this shit on Twitter. I'm like, I was mad at first. I'm like, oh, somebody trying to steal Irish shit. Right. And then I like scrolled down and somebody was like shouting her out like, oh, they so proud of you for like you know shout out the Amber for wearing the shit. And I'm like, oh, alright. Cause I yo. Like I'm about to snap. I don't don't play that. Don't, shit. I don't play that shit. Like fuck y'all not about to <laughs> snatch this whole aesthetic and try to run with that shit. But that shit was love. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Iris definitely out here. She killing shit. Oh, and then the thing I like about her is like she's like she stayed like herself. Like yep. you see her, you can have a conversation with her, laugh, joke, whatever, whatever. Um, I ain't gonna front. I feel like that's for the most part a lot of Philly people that kind of you know start hitting their stride and start getting getting places. They kind of maintain that level of humility. They don't turn into like the unaccessible person, like oh, I'm not, I don't talk to you no more, like you're not on my level type shit, like right. Especially if you if you were one of the ones who were like uh, coming to the door with your own shit, mm-hmm. like you built it from the jump, you were working hard at it, of course, man. Because yep. she had yo. Because the beautiful thing was she connected with Amber Rose, and Amber Rose doing the slut walk shit, yep. and like the whole like like sex positivity vibe was going on. It was a per- perfect marriage. Yep. Because let me tell you something, bro, and you know it. Iris used to have some of the most lit events, bro. Bro, listen, I feel like Iris might be the reason, like the the whole like 
art party thing is the thing. Word. Like, cause her shit was like, it, it was literally like an art party. Like you didn't, it wasn't the typical thing to go to a, a like a, like a gallery show and it'd be like a fucking DJ, mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And all type of shit like that. Like she just started incorporating so much shit. I just remember when she did that Black Light District, John, that shit was nuts. And yeah, to this day, she like, I feel like I mean she's known for having some of the best events, but she's she's been like one of the over the past because Iris been doing her thing for a minute, but I'll say over the past five years at least, like she's been one of the top you know like noticeable mm-hmm. artists in the, you know in the city coming out of the city doing their thing, and it's just beautiful to see that she like constantly progress. But she worked hard like just knowing her, like Iris worked hard. She, she worked hard as hell. Like she always painting something, bro. Like for Yo. real, for real. She's a super hard worker, and I I feel like that's if any if anybody asked her for advice, that'd probably be what she said. Like you just gotta work hard and stay focused on what you're doing, because yeah, she <laughs> she always in the lab cooking. And that's the thing that I enjoy about her Instagram and social media is that she every time you saw something that she did, it was always work related. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about stunting. Of course, you might have a picture here, here and there for clients when wearing the clothes, but it was about what she did. She did, yeah. Her paintings and all that. I'm telling you, man, one of my favorite parties of hers that she had, she had made like a strip club theme party. Naked and exposed. Yes. I, n- November 16th, 2012. <laughs> Nigga. She did one two years later on, um, in 2014. The joint that was down here. It was yeah. on, matter of fact, it was around the corner on Samson Street. Yeah. yeah. Boy. Yeah. I went in there, I was like, oh, wow. I, bro, I remember as soon as I walked up the steps, and like they had like the little booth, and the shorty was in the joint. I just was like, oh, my God. This shit about to be crazy. But that, yeah, that nigga didn't expose you on that joint. Was, that shit was nuts. And I remember I was like part of the, the uh, promotion for that joint. Like, I was fortunate enough to be a part of that. I went in that party. Yeah, man. That, that shit was crazy. That, that party was, did a lot for me as a human being. I'm gonna, yeah, it was a lot I mean, of cre- creatively. I was I was inspired, and shout out to that party because I got cheeks because of that party. <laughs> but a few months later, you know what I mean. But shout out to that party for planting, right. planting the seeds. All right. You know yeah. Shout out to shout out to Iris for being a visionary and having them crazy dope ass parties. Shout out to fucking the Dreaming Building and everybody that had that shit going. That was a. I feel like that played a pivotal role in. In the scene and the culture. Yeah, it's the thing. I didn't know those dudes. Oh, actually, that whole collective that well. I know. I know a few people who mm-hmm. did American Dream. I remember the one guy I'm getting his name right Who's now. One? Brandon. Yeah, he he used to wear backwards hats. Yeah, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you know, he was doing what he was doing, and he had uh, another art show off like Spring Garden. I want to say maybe a year after that. Okay. He had the art show and. It might have been an iris might have been there. I'm not sure. Or what it was. Um, cause my homie uh Mars, he had a an art show at at this space. I think that might have been their building. Did you on our spring garden? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little off on a, on a little side street mm-hmm. level, yeah. And I I mean I you gotta respect people who are willing to like try to make an attempt mm-hmm. to show love and and to be creative mm-hmm. out here. And they and they was giving people plays. Like I used they used to have a um the pop up shop. Mm-hmm. For everybody So if you was a vendor You know you made clothes You sold whatever Like you come out there $25 to set your shit up Like and sell good, Whatever man. you could do Then they used to have a, Like the, the Like the fucking Food pop up John mm-hmm. <laughs> Them John just be lit Cause you go in there All these different Motherfuckers serving food Like so they Yeah they used to always Give people mad opportunities And then they had like Their little interns And shit working for them And all that shit That shit was That shit was something That I feel like A lot of people miss But I'm happy that it happened 
when it happened. Well, it was pivotal. So there's a question. Uh, where do we go from here as a city? We have people who, you mentioned Iris, and um, people like Booker Sugar, you know what I mean? People like you, the homie Quality Tom. I got people who work at P's and Q's. Like, I know a lot of people who are creative in this city, but like who actually put the work in mm-hmm. and are, are out here trying to put, the, put have their face on the screen, mm-hmm. like, look at me. Look at me. I'm like, where do we go from here? far as like the culture wise pushing forward because again like you said sometimes the word culture can be cringeworthy because people throw it around like they say like oh that's a classic album the album just came out five Keep seconds out, ago yeah. like give it like, give it a, give it a rest like so what can we do and i say that weird because i don't like to be like yo what, what can y'all niggas do? <laughs> like what can we do like in terms of even myself what needs to be done to sustain the culture in the city and how do we let it grow? I think it's, um, I can't sit here and say I have the exact answer, but I can say just the that support, supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Cause like from where I stand and from what I seen, like the whole concept of the uni- whole unification, like that's a process. Mm-hmm. But I, what I can say is try to get these young kids something to look at and be like, all right, well, I, I want to do it like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So just like this little certain shit, just little, I, I feel like the little small things count. Like people that got a certain visibility, not being afraid to like show support to somebody that don't got that same level of visibility, but you're cool with them. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes people is like, oh shit, I'm up here with the big dogs now. I don't got to fuck with y'all no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like retweet a nigga shit or just, you know, you could delete posts on Instagram. Yo, check out so-and-so if you fuck with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just on a humble so people can start seeing like, oh, damn, you... And you know, it's, it's one of those things where that, that influence shit carries. So it ain't necessarily like a, um, gotta be like some collaborative shit, but just give a nigga a look every now and then. Like I said, if this is somebody that's your peer and somebody that you cool with and, you know, you can help them, help them out. And like I said, just keep showing the, the youth, like giving them examples of like what to be when you... When you're not in that like white hot light, the whole be talking about, because mm-hmm. I feel like that shit come around every, every now and again. Like you might not be in it now, but that don't mean you ain't never gonna be in it again. But show niggas like, all right, you know this nigga was killing shit a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let me, look, I'm still killing shit, and handling things. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing shit different. It ain't everything ain't about being seen. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? Show people that like it, everything. It don't have to be about what everybody know. Cause there's a lot of people like that just been popping up, and I'm like, damn, I wonder what happened with so and so. And they just pop up with some crazy shit. Like, mm-hmm. homie of mine, um, she was young rapper, she was killing shit, and everybody like she stopped fucking with the music. Everybody like, damn, what the fuck happened to so and so? And then here she in Fashion Week in London, modeling. Are you talking about the homie Carmen? Car- yeah, yeah, like yo, and I'm she dropped the picture, and I'm like, yo, this picture popping. I DM'd her like, yo, we need to model, and she like, yo, I'm at this agency, <laughs> low key. I just ain't tell nobody. I'm like, yo, that's fucking lit. And then literally like two days later, she just started dropping all these from New York Fashion Week. Like then, like I said, she in London doing that shit. I'm just like. So it's shit like that And there's other people Out here on the same type time Dude You know what I'm saying Um, My man Shahid Shahid This month <laughs> Yo he really be All over the world bro He really be all over the world But he had He was um, He used to do these parties You remember the Black is Beautiful joints Where were they at? Had them a couple Different places But I remember The the last one I went to This was like 2011, 2012 It was like over It was in like Germantown But it was like the This golf Like Uh not golf, like uh, what the fuck was the name of that Jones? It was like some some uh, 
What you call them joints? Country club, country club okay. type shit. Yeah, it was in one of them, and that shit. It was beautiful. Like the space was beautiful, and I don't still to this day. I don't know how he got that joint, but mm. like fountains and shit, nice lawn, and you know nice. the big bushes outside, and then the inside looked like a fucking castle or something. Mm. But he used to have the blackest beautiful joints, and it was like a, it was just like a party, um, all black attire. They would have you know art up and all type of shit like that. But he did he did one of them. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and like he literally brought so many people out, and he ain't hardly been home in a minute, mm-hmm. and he hadn't done nothing in a minute, and shit like that. It's just like, yeah, I don't, you know, you don't see me as much, but I can still do, I can still do my numbers. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that, like that, to me, that was in being shy. He ain't he ain't that much older than me, but that shit was inspiring to me. Like, yo, this nigga ain't hardly ever here. Right. He come home and everybody showed him love because he's a thorough dude, you know what I'm saying? And they, the work that he did was just really amazing work. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just shit like that. Just like, not just fucking with people that got that's in the limelight for the time being. You know what I'm saying? Support people that you really believe in, um, and you can also support the people that's in the limelight. Like I want everybody to support Sierra because she buzzing now. And she from the city. I want people to, to support Bree Steves now because she been here and she doing her thing. You know mm. what I'm saying? She getting a chance. You mean Sierra as in Queen Joe? That no, Tierra, Tierra White. Oh, Tierra White. And then yeah. even like even more Sierra Queen Joe. Like mm. she catching her stride too. She been in the culture, right? Like the underground creative culture, subculture that's here. Like support all these people that's really getting on. Because I think a lot of times people be like, oh well, they big now. They don't need my support. No, we need to like, like fanboy and fangirl these motherfuckers to make them as big as they possibly can be and show everybody like, yo, no, Philly be riding for each other. Right. The same energy everybody give Meek for holding down the city, give these new motherfuckers that same energy because they need it. I would hate for somebody to feel as though like, damn, my own city don't fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, some people do. That's and, why they be out. I'm and that's out why they be like, I'm, yeah, like I'm, I'm out, I'm out, Collie with it, or they change their whole thing and have people thinking they from somewhere else. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we just got to, you know, get behind the people that's really getting there and then just honestly stay behind the people that you really believe in. Just keep supporting and just keep building. And the, to the people that's, I guess, not of the new generation, don't feel as though like y'all can't support these the new generation. Mm-hmm. Even if they doing it different from the way you would do it, like they need that support because... We know how hard it was not having that support, mm-hmm. being the I guess the, I don't want to say the first, but like kind of like the new wave of like what blackness is in the city and shit like that, mm-hmm. or just you know just inner city people in general. You know what I'm saying? So now like that that is a thing. We got to make sure that shit stay a thing and keep pushing it forward, keep pushing it forward, keep pushing it forward, and then hopefully like. You know, the people that's getting the push now, when they time is to end and the next generation come, they do the same thing. Keep pushing them forward, keep pushing them forward. And then eventually, like, we're going to be there. They, I mean, shit, they already got plans to have Philly being, like, past New York by 2035. And it's legit. Like, this is documented. Like, mm-hmm. you see all the shit that's going on in the city, dog? It's a reason. Like, it's so much shit that will be changed, like, in the net. What's over that? 17 years by 2035 like shit's gonna be like like the, gotham out here no bro, bro real shit like the other the other side of 
the river, like University City area, gonna be like its own fucking downtown. Just in, in, as far as like skyscrapers and shit like that go, they gonna have where all them. And I'm giving niggas shit that I learned. <laughs> I don't want to say secretly, like this is more Illuminati shit, but like right. most of this is some shit that a lot of people don't know. Over there by the uh, Amtrak joint on 30th Street, like where all them old railroad tracks and all that shit, all that shit about the they trying to change that shit into like grass and park area. Oh yeah, <laughs> and all that shit. They trying to put a whole the way they got the little uh, Schuylkill Banks joint on the one side. They trying to put one on the other side that go all the way around. They're trying to, to beautify uh, this. Yeah, they trying to beautify the shit out of this joint. And when we talk about gentrification. That's just gonna be a, a main a mainstay in the city for a while. All these neighborhoods, they want to make them Jones look better. Not for us, the people that's there, but for the people that they want to attract to the city. The implants. The, the transplants. implants. Yeah, people, the transplants. Yep. Yeah, people want to be lawyers in Philadelphia because yep. it's rent is too high. It's high in New, in New York. York. Exactly. Or the startups. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'd be like, yo. That's another thing that a lot of people don't know. Like, this is a big market for tech, Philadelphia. And they want this to be the East Coast hub for, like, the tech market. For real, for real. So. Look like look around. You go over by where the gallery was at, bro. They trying to they want that shit to look like Times Square. That's why you start seeing all them LED Dude, campaigns and shit over there. They're trying to call that shit like the fashion district yep. down there, yo. Cause like the way that the gallery is gonna be, for those who aren't familiar with the gallery, gallery was like our was like a mall for us um downtown. Like around like eighth and market mm-hmm. to like tenth and eleventh market, market, market yeah. right. So they pretty much they demolished all that shit from the inside. Right, emptying all, all the stores and all that, and they're planning to put high-end fashion yeah, high stores in there. High-end outlet joints, though. Because I knew what was on the what was on the rise when Century Twenty One popped, popped up. up. Mm-hmm. They had they had that red carpet opening. I said, mm-hmm. "What the ah, uh, something's coming." Same for my neighborhood. Like I live in University City, and like Baltimore Avenue used to be. Well, let me just give you like this between forty six. My bad, 45th in Baltimore to 50th in Baltimore. That shit was like all Africans and yeah. Jamaicans and, you know what I'm saying? It was all, all, all our spots. Yeah. And now, they put the low Lopez on uh, 47th in Baltimore, and now they got these like these random ass restaurants up the, up the block, because then they got Booker's now. Yeah, I seen that shit. Yeah. What was that, 51st? It's like on the corner of 50th, between 50th and 51st mm-hmm. in Baltimore. I got to check that out, too. I think that's black owned. I think it is. Yeah. Um, my st- my my god pop was telling me about that joint. I yo. think they got good. He was telling me they got some good ass food in that joint. Good food in there. They got live music in there, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, like Booker's got like live music. They got a uh, food was jumping, and my homie he owns a barbershop two doors down. Okay. Called Spinning Chairs. So like I'm I'm seeing how businesses are flourishing there, but I just want to main. I just want to make sure that. That neighborhood maintains its flavor. Yeah, because gentrification comes in, mm-hmm. you want to build condos, and these new people are mm-hmm. popping up. Like, I want people to start fucking with the flavor, bro. Because like East Africans is on that block. Yeah, we're on the block. Yeah, it used, used to be like um, also you have nice like Asian owned businesses there too. Like it's a melting pot. Yeah, because that's why, I, dude. I used to see Carmen um, when she was a buck because her family uh, and they own Dialog. They own Dialog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I remember when she used to be like. A middle schooler at St. Francis de Sales. Oh called. wow! You know, you know for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> so seeing her doing, doing her thing now mm-hmm. is fantastic. But yeah, but that that dialogue is like, yeah, that's like for Baltimore Avenue. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people's spot. Yeah, like that's the spot for you know 
that whole that whole neighborhood. A lot of people come there, and that that would be like crazy if that drone like yeah. something happened to that place. Same with Gojo's up the, up the block, like Gojo's another African mm-hmm. spot. It's like we gotta have that flavor, so you know, man. That, and that's a whole nother thing we could get into in regards to just like the culture, us, of the culture, like the the the. Cause like not for nothing, and that ain't just that ain't just here, but it's all over. Like you know, we kind of like create culture, like our people, like you know, black people. We create a lot of cultural um things, and like you said, with gentrification and getting moved out, the culture goes away. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that we just gotta preserve. But like I said, that's a whole nother conversation. topic conversation. Yeah, it that's is. Just getting into us, like you know, taking care of our own neighborhoods and holding it down and. Shit like that. I'm a, I will say this though, like anytime you see a block with an empty lot, that's an invitation for gentrification. On some real shit. There you go. Anytime you see if your block got an empty lot on it or an abandoned house, your your block is open for gentrification. Cause they're gonna come through that joint, build one of them houses, you know them gray houses. It's, it's, all these new houses, all them shits is gray. Mm-hmm. Put one of them drones up and that start the process, man. Next thing you're going to know, it's going to be a bike lane on your block and a poppy store going to be a coffee shop. Yep. That's how it goes, <laughs> and bro. You're gonna be, and you're going to be moving out Darby. You're going to be seeing like, random white folks on your block mm-hmm. at like 10 o'clock at night at just night, walking by walking freely. You'll be like, yo, what the fuck? They used to get me. I'm like, man, because anytime I was in, the, in my neighborhood, I passed a certain time. I said, yo, I'll get home, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, they be tripping. Then I look out. I would see them outside. I said, y'all here at 11.45 p.m., on a Tuesday night. Walking your little ass dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, and y'all will be undisturbed about this piece. Yeah. I will take a step off my block and yo, y'all, run that. <laughs> my God damn it, man. Yeah, that's how that shit be, man. I mean, I, I lived through I lived through that shit like first hand gentrification. I seen like I literally seen that shit in South Philly happen. Mm. This one like developer literally came through, took over the block. Like the next hundred from my joint, so like my block was cool, but the next hundred, like one side, one side of the street was just like all run down, dilapidated, abandoned joints. And that nigga came through, cleaned them joints up, put something crazy price tag on there, so you know what what happened. Everybody taxes go up, property taxes go up. You can't yeah. pay that shit on top of paying mortgage, so they gotta get up out of there. They move, you know, they move their people in, yep. and next thing you know, like. They go to the neighborhood. Yeah, and you, like you said, and, and like, yeah, that's what happened. They either moving up Darby or they moving like up Sheltonham, mm-hmm. you know, out the out the county. That's just a that's just it's just a switch. Like the American Dream ain't a White House and picket fence no more. American Dream, a, a, a fucking condo, in a in a uh, cafe latte or some cool whatever shit they be drinking. Like, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Get you a, something close to downtown. Cause you think about that shit. I mean, you know, if you if you if you like court public transportation or some shit, you see how I many like how many they willing to catch the bus to work and all that shit. Like they ain't they work down here, so they want to be close to living down here. Yep. All that living out in the country shit is dead for them. They be on the trolleys yeah, deep as a motherfucker. All man. that shit, man. Thirty four be packed. Yeah, the they this they look. They probably they feel like they make their money down here. We should live down here too. Like why would why should we have to travel so far? You know, back and forth. Yep. So that's why, and this is the flip, is because now you know it's a trick. We used to living on top of each other, and they come, they don't, they don't mind that shit. They take over our neighborhoods, and we be so happy to get a little house with a lawn on that bitch. We be out. <laughs> yep. We be out. We in a backyard too. Now. Yep. Peace. Mm-hmm. But here's one thing I'll say, right? Before I, before I wrap everything up, right? 
Isn't it interesting that it was popularized, you know, you know, hip hop coast rapping shit, street shit. Oh yeah, man, you gonna die for this block, but you dying for a block that you ain't own. You dying for a block that you ain't own shit on. Nothing. Nothing. And Nothing. like these people come in, like they actually own the block. Own the block. That you th- you said say that you, you got. You gonna die for it. Right. <laughs> like I've seen people like different cats I know will have like. I was on Charlie one day. I saw this guy. He had like his street name and hood name tattoo on his neck. I'm like, dude, so what's gonna happen when you move, bro? You know what I mean? Like, what's, 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 going, what's going to happen? And if once people come in and start buying shit up, like, what's that What's that all for? What's mm-hmm. that all about? And that's why I, I, I try to understand the city and to understand what I have to do to make things better for people. You know, but it's going to take some time. I can't yeah. do this overnight. You know, but yeah, I just, I just, I, I guess one of the things I would say that we need is just a better, a high level of consciousness. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. just be able to open your mind, evolve. You know what I mean? Just because all this extra shit people be out here dying over and be fighting for and we work for goddamn thing, bro. I think a lot of that shit too is, man, we won't be having no examples of how to do the shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Hov said, like, what did he say in the song on the on the uh, the OJ joint? What did he say? Use your drug money to the the what did he say? Use your drug money to buy the neighborhood. That's how you cleanse it. Some shit like that. Yeah. And it's like well, our whole our whole mentality is like I gotta get about the hood. I gotta get up out of here. You know what I'm saying? And they you turn your back on where you came from, mm-hmm. and instead of like everybody you know, like you know, like because you made it. Just because you made it, everybody not gonna be able to make it up out of there. Right. So how do you make it better for the people that got us that have to be there? So you know we don't have people like people like black people coming back to the neighborhood and building houses on the block where the empty lot is, and making it easier for somebody to live there, mm-hmm. as opposed to outsiders coming in seeing it as a gold mine and a way to like take over the neighborhood. My money, yep. yeah. So like that's like my thing is somebody that got it. If I'm a millionaire or some shit, or you know just whatever, I got the money and I know my block got two joints on that joint. It's like all right, just make the block look ugly. Right. Let me put something nice on here. Put some nice substantial people in this joint. Something like that, and, you know. Because I I remember Tupac was to piggyback and go back to him, but he was saying in an interview like. Because it's no middle neighborhood for us. It's either you in a hood with all your folks or you get some money and you go out here and you like the eyeball. And I think, like you said, a lot of times people be like, they get their money, they be trying to get out the hood because they feel like they going to turn into food. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if you thorough enough and you doing something for the neighborhood, niggas going to champion you. Like, yo, he could have left, but he holding this down. Or he, mm-hmm. he left, but at least he like doing something for where he came from. That's why I feel like a lot of people champion me because, like, this nigga, he's out of here, but he always doing something for Philly. You know what I'm saying? He never on some, like, F y'all. No, F y'all. Like, yo, when I when I got on, all y'all niggas was hating, so F y'all. Like, you know, he he always giving back. Yeah, man. We need, we need, we need some more of that. Yeah, but the do. more the more we push people to, you know, get to their level, hopefully, you know, they see, like, yo, the, the city supporting me so much. 
I'm gonna make sure I get back to the city. And yeah, I feel like the more you put in, the worse you're gonna get out of it. Yep. Shout out to the city of Philadelphia, yeah. man. Philadelphia over everything. Over everything, that's for sure, man. So I shout out that is episode thirty-five of the Weirdest New Black Show Black. with the homie Uncle Chuck. Peace and blessings. Thank you for having me, dog. Yo, man, thank you for being on the show. Again, I respect your mind, man. Thank you. And, dude, again, for what you did for the city, greatly appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And hopefully, um, you know, I can find some way to do something as impactful I feel as like, that. You know bro, what I mean? you, you already doing it. Shit like this. You know what I'm saying? Just giving people the opportunity to come up here and speak, speak their mind in regards to certain things. And like I said, that the name in itself is like, <laughs> it's perfect. It's, it's literally perfect for what's going on. Like, where does the new black? Because everything that y'all considered weird, like before, is what blackness is being identified as now. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And... You just gotta keep going forward. Just cause you black, you can do don't mean you can't do certain shit. You can do any motherfucking thing you want to. You ain't gotta just listen to rap. You ain't gotta just look a certain way. You ain't gotta just live in a certain neighborhood. You ain't gotta just eat a certain thing. You know what I'm saying? Be as free as you want to. I want eventually free is the new black <laughs> to right. be a fucking term. You know what I'm saying? But we can just live our life as free as we want and be be who and whatever we choose and it ain't no like Stigma or nothing. That's why I like watching like shows like Atlanta, and uh, you know even Insecure. Insecure. It's a show that I watch on HBO now. It has six shows. Um, it was the season finale. The show was called Random Acts of Flyness. I heard about this joint. I was seeing about that. Yo, Somebody was tweeting about it. I think it's on point. If you look at an episode, um, first episodes on YouTube. Okay. And it's like yo, it's it's it's, it's that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, that's weird. It's new black as a show. Okay. You know, and I I love that shit, man. You know, I just want to. His message was like Afrofuturism and all that kind of interesting topics, mm. man. I love that shit. And eventually, I get my black ass to Afropunk one of these years, bro. You ain't never been to that joint? Nah, yo. So that's the thing. And shout out to Afropunk, Afropunk for everything that they doing. But I went. This was like three years ago. I went. And it was cool, like the vibe was cool. And it was cool just being able to be there and just look around and seeing so many different type of black people. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. just seeing like, I guess what would be the typical black person. But a lot, I feel like a lot of people that's really like into that scene are getting to the point where like, they kind of tired of the, it's like not really what it started off being like it ain't really like the punk part is like out of it because mm -hmm. you're getting so many like mainstream big names gotta get attached to that drum mm -hmm. it's getting a little corporatized with like certain sponsors and all that because before the shit used to be free i heard yeah like it used to be free you could just go to that drum and just you know rock out and now it's you know you gotta pay x y and z for the tickets to get in that drum and and a lot of people say like the people that go there don't even really identify with with what Afropunk is. They just look at it as like a Met Gala for like Afrocentric or Afrofuturism or some shit. So again, with the vanity part, they just want to be like, I was at look at me, I was at Afropunk. 
and look what I wore and this street photographer put me in essence or you know whatever publication yep. or some shit like that and it ain't the feeling it ain't as pure and as genuine as it once was and I like I only went that one time and I could from that one time like I could see how it could be turning into that like I ain't gonna front the one the joint I went to was lit like nigga Lauren Hill Lenny Kravitz and Grace Jones was the headliners like Still, I don't think it get much bigger than that. That's legendary. Like legendary as fuck. Mm. But um, of course, Lauren Hill was late as shit. She was super fucking late. Of course, yo. Um, but it was it was cool nonetheless. But yeah, they and then that joint, you know, it's just spreading. Mm. Is they have one like in Atlanta now? And got one in Paris. They got one in Paris. I think they put one doing one in Germany or some. They shit. did one in Johannesburg. Okay. So those are two I want to see. The ones okay. in Paris and Johannesburg because I feel like those. Will be more organic, because mm-hmm. over here in the U.S., you know, we get we do shit like it's just damn near like bloated over here, right? Man. Right. I've seen people like pictures, man, like just like uh, futuristic, like circus ringmasters and shit yeah. at Afro Punk. I was like, I got that. That's cool, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, I kind of want to experience it because the closest I get to that is a Dune Day. Yeah, yeah man, we and yeah, I'm not gonna front and if anything ever happened, like I that's some shit. Like I would die for a doom day. If they try to get rid of that shit, like no, it's gonna be a fucking problem. Yeah, this we need that. It's gonna be a fucking problem. But the one thing I can though, I can say though, like that shit ain't gonna up eventually they're gonna kick that shit off Gray's Ferry and South Street, dog. Because of gentrification. Yep. Yeah, because people who move because South Street that area That's, now was called Gradual Hospital or like yeah, cause Fiddler Square, one of them shits. And the hospital been in for years. Y'all ain't called that area before, but y'all call but y'all calling these areas these new things because people was coming into it. Into like um, they were trying to change Point Breeze's name from Point Breeze to New Bowl or some shit. No, well, Point Breeze still Point Breeze, but it's now it's a section of what 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 once was considered Point Breeze is now like New Bowl. So like New Bowl is like closer to like Broad Street. But it's still in that joint. Like my old neighborhood, my old neighborhood, like they didn't change the name of that shit a million times. Like now that shit called Hawthorne. But it was for a while that was like Queen Village or some shit like that. Then they moved Queen Village a little further down. Yeah. Then I found out like before that, the shit was that was Society Hill. And, and I knew it was proof because it was this old like furniture store and the shit said Society Hill furniture or some shit like that. But they moved Society Hill over here. And but when when the motherfucking projects was up. When them projects was up, dude, it was just like that. That was that's that area before you, you know, between <laughs> between Eleventh Street and Broad Street that you don't go through. You know what I'm saying? But they knocked the projects down to put all this nice shit up. Now that shit is the Hawthorne area. I don't even remember when like I remember like you could go go down like South Street, like go off Broad and turn down on Thirteenth and um. Bainbridge and all that remember, shit. Like it was some big ass projects. Towers, Marlowe King, Marlowe King, uh. Martin Luther King projects, well Plaza, that's what that shit was. But them, them fucking buildings, yeah, bro. Like living around there, like it was, it was like night and day. So, like Eleventh Street was like the cutoff point for like where white people would go. Yep. It was like we ain't going past Eleventh Street to get there. Like they would literally <laughs> had if they if if they lived if they <laughs> if they lived on. 10th and Fitzwater, and they wanted to get the Broad and Fitzwater, niggas would either walk up the Washington Avenue 
over to Broad Street and back down, mm-hmm. or they would walk down the South Street to Broad Street and up. Wasn't nobody walking through them fucking projects, dog, day or night. They wasn't crossing over that shit. You know what I'm saying? But once them drones went down, then you start. It, that shit just fucked me up going back down there now and seeing how it's like a park here, park there when them, where um one of the towers was at. And it's just like they just so free out there playing frisbee and they got their dogs running around and all that shit. It's just like literally, bro, 20 years ago. And it's crazy because it's coming up on 20 years since they knocked them drones down. But like, Damn. y'all was not with the shits. When we wasn't seeing y'all around here. Like, definitely not. Y'all wasn't coming. Y'all weren't coming across 11th Street. But that's just that's the that's how that shit go. Yep, man. Unfortunately, continuing to go mm-hmm. too, bro. Like that's, that's that story can be said in so many neighborhoods. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Cause like the original on projects supposed to be. Yep. Them joints ain't just like all townhomes over mm-hmm. there now. Thirteenth and Brown, all type all of shit. All that shit. Yep. Just gone. Gone. And not to say that like that was something to to I guess those neighborhoods was something to be proud of because a lot of you know negative activity happened in them neighborhoods, but it's like. <sighs> That negative activity was happening there, and y'all ain't give a fuck when we was going through that shit. But when y'all want it, y'all want to make sure the people y'all move in there don't have to go through that shit. So, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't want to help us when it was happening, but y'all make shit. Look, we putting them there, and none of this shit needs to be happening no more. Right. So y'all get your ass up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what that shit boiled down to. Yep, that's Philly, man. Yep. The main man, and we are now signing off. Because we gave y'all, we almost got to the end. We was like, fuck that. We gave y'all some bonus some content. Some bonus coverage, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so y'all can enjoy that, too. Well, all right, child. We out. Peace. Bless.